You're listening to the ZoomSphere podcast. Hi everybody, my name is Peter Rushgev. Thank you for joining us in this special episode of the ZoomSphere podcast, where we will present to you a recording of our recently held ZoomSphere Talks event. The event was held online on Monday the 23rd of March and featured a discussion with five professionals from all around the world on the topic of how COVID-19 is affecting the digital marketing industry. Before we get to the discussion, we'd like to invite you to subscribe to the ZoomSphere podcast on your preferred podcast platform or follow us across social media to stay updated for future events. Okay, so we are on and for everybody that is joining us a little bit later on, thank you very much for taking the time. This is the first ZoomSphere Talks. My name is Peter Rushgev. You might have heard my voice from the ZoomSphere podcast, which is something that we run weekly. Today's talk, like most of you probably expect, is going to focus on the COVID-19 virus and how it's affecting the digital marketing industry as a whole. I'm super excited to also welcome Svetlana Machiarova, which just joined us. Svetlana, we are just starting, so no rush when you can. With all that in mind, guys, I'm very excited as well to share with you our guest list that we have prepared for today. It's a rather stellar one. So I'm going to start backwards. Just to be awkward, we have Svetlana Macharova, who is the managing partner of Creative Pro Agency. Svetlana is just joining us, and I assume we'll be able to see her and hear her very shortly. In addition to that, we also have Saba Adi, who is the social media manager of VMLYNR Hungary. Hello, Saba. We have Danilo Sierra, director at Mimosa Agency. It's a Berlin-based agency. We also have Aki Votrubova. She is an Instagram specialist as well as a photographer, among many things. And last but certainly not least, we have Jeremiah Oyang, who is joining us all the way from California. Jeremiah, hello. You are Hi. an industry analyst based in the Silicon Valley, and you're also the author of the Web Strategy blog. So thank you very much all for taking the time. How are you all? Yeah, I hope everybody is well today. What we're gonna, how this whole thing is gonna start is we're gonna talk with each one of you about your respective fields of practice and the problems that you have witnessed, or it could be, you know, the, the, the positives as well. Before we begin, I believe it's quite important as well to give our listeners a bit of an overview as to why we're talking here. So there was a big virus in case you've been living in a cave for the past couple of months that kind of broke out initially, I believe, in China. So since then, there has been quite a significant outbreak disrupting economies from all around the world. So we're talking about uh, everywhere from the US to Asia to pretty much each one of the points in the country. So in the globe, sorry, there are 340,000 cases so far, according to data from Guardian. And basically what is happening as part of this pandemic is a lot of businesses are being asked to shut their offices and work from home if possible. Of course, this is um, in terms of digital marketing, this is possible. Quite a few companies still continue to operate. But for other industries, it tends to be quite difficult. I believe the events industry is the one that's been hit the hardest. So some of the measures, as I mentioned, quarantines have been imposed all around the world. The results of that have also just uh, touched upon. And one thing which we wanted to talk a little bit more about today with all of you is to how businesses adapt, how we can use this opportunity to grow further, as well as really kind of explore how we could prepare maybe for future events of such kind, because it's something that that I've just spoken with Danilo earlier in our conversation is that for most of us, 
I can only assume as well for 95% of the people that are watching this stream, we haven't seen anything in that scale uh, in our lifetimes. So I think we can only uh, take the time since we're at home and reflect on how we can prepare for future events of such, of such scale, basically. So I would like to begin with asking you a little bit more about how this pandemic has affected you and really how does it, um, how does it affect your everyday work activities as well. Danilo, would you like to start first and tell us a little bit more about your situation? Sure. Thank you. Hi, everyone. A pleasure to be here. From our side, we have thankfully worked exclusively remotely since 2016, helping companies uh, set up their marketing strategies, processes, and infrastructure. So for us, the main disruption has come through the client side in terms of freezing, canceling, postponing, or reviewing projects that they wanted to do, ideally start this month because we're like in the high season before the summer. And then the second part is about, well, travel. I used to travel a lot last year. Basically, every second week I was on the road somewhere around meeting clients or helping people deal with some situations on location or meeting potential creatives to join the agency. And right now, all of those activities have to be suspended. The benefit of that is that we have been able to focus more on internal processes, accounting, strategy. And thankfully, not all of our clients have stopped because we work with B2B digital clients too that are still operating as well virtually. Fantastic. Okay. That's quite interesting, actually. So with that in mind, Svetlana, would you be able to tell us a few more words about yourself as well? I know you're managing a, a rather kind of big company with offices in a couple of countries. So I'm quite interested as to how this is affecting you as well. Hi, guys. I just managed to somehow log in. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> no know problem. what's been said already. And basically, I came really unpresented. So we were obviously not prepared for such a big change. Mm -hmm. uh, but we are trying to uh, basically to manage what's possible. So uh, in terms of the business, we see it as an opportunity. So we are trying to switch straight to the digital and online possibilities. Mm -hmm. So we were doing it partially, so it's not such a big change for us, but it is in terms of events, because obviously all events uh, need to change completely. And for our clients, it is, again, something very unprecedented, unprecedented. <laughs> Yeah. And they don't know how to react really to everything. And it's just something what, uh, where the education mode is getting much more smoother, I would say. So we see it as an opportunity. We see it as something what's going to last even when COVID-19 will finish. And uh, the event industry will be never the same. And we see it as a, in a way, as a good change because we will be more hybrid event agency and everything will just go much faster now. Okay, it's nice to see some positivity as well. I like that. So in terms of obviously running a business will have its implications, but also executing tasks. So Aki, tell us a little bit more about your workflow, because from as far as I know, you're working, you're, you are your own boss. So I'm quite interested as to how your business has been affected as well as your daily activities. Hey guys, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, I'm, I'm digital nomad. That means that I can work whenever, wherever I want, kind of what Danilo said. For me, the affection was really about canceling photo shoots. Many photo shoots were canceled. But on the other hand, I found many new ways how to cooperate with my clients. I must admit that few of my clients uh, were kind of old school 
like digital marketing was not priority for them. And now they are, I guess, really happy <laughs> that they're cooperating <laughs> with me. What is interesting these days, and we have not mentioned it yet, is education. Okay. Uh, me, myself, since I'm a photographer, I'm not only making money on doing photo shoots or creating strategy for Instagrams or, or for Facebooks, but also I teach people, small clients, small businesses, local businesses, how they can manage their own Instagram profile. And I was always kind of into, you know, personal meeting with guys or with my clients or we had like one to one on one calls. Even though I'm digital nomad, I'm still preferring to meet people, you know, in person. But obviously it's not possible these days. So I already started doing webinars, doing online classes. Mm-hmm. I will have this afternoon the third one. I have paying customers over there and uh, since people are at home right now and many shops and businesses are closed, they actually have more time for it. So this is a pretty good time to do online education these days. Nice. Yeah, I have also personally seen myself quite a few uh, platforms. Coursera, I think it was uh, one that has been pushing quite a lot. Perfect. So to move on, Xaba, can you tell us how are things in uh, in Hungary before we move on the other side of the pond? Online. The real side, we are pretty new. So since the last week, everyone just moved to home office. And it wasn't a new thing for us because we work in the cloud. We have a beautiful office, but you know, if you want, you can stay at home. But on the client side, it was really interesting to see how they manage to be in home office and how they manage to work from home. And also, it was a really fun thing, if you can say fun <laughs> this time. But everyone just moved their communications to the social media and they try to educate their customers, like you know how to stay in line, how to how to protect yourself, stay at home. And that, it's just like really interesting to see what creative ways they try to try to communicate and stay positive during this time. So it, it's really good. And I hope it's going to go away really fast. So I really hope so. Hopefully things will manage to improve uh, very quickly. Uh, well, thanks, Xaba. Thanks for that. So, Jeremiah, again, thank you very much for connecting. Uh, I know you are all the way in uh, California. So tell us a little bit more about, first of all, how you are, how are things there? We know the U.S. is currently ongoing, uh, like the rest of the world, a big pandemic as well. as How are businesses affected? Because I believe you're going to have a rather good insight. Thank you so much for being here. It's nice to connect and hear the global voices and what's happening around the globe and to remind that we're all separated together. And I think that is one of the big trends here. So I first want to start with a really optimistic uh, viewpoint that in every down market, we find the big innovators. For example, out of the dot-coms, uh, and I, I live in Silicon Valley, out of the dot-coms, we saw the rise of Google, uh, eBay, P- PayPal, and Amazon. In the next phase we saw in 2008, we saw the rise of social networks like Facebook and other and Twitter and LinkedIn. And then the most recent economic downturn, we saw the rise of Airbnb and Lyft and Uber and the sharing economy spaces. So they all rise and innovation comes when economics, the economy goes down because you can clearly identify the needs and then the fluff goes away. So just remember, this is the time to lean in when it comes to innovation. Now for the realistic bad news, things are are not looking good, especially here in the United States. It's not good. And it doesn't look like it's going to get any better in the in the near term. So businesses are trying to figure out what they need to do. We're still struggling. Not The entire country is still not sequestered at home. So it's in the urban areas where it's being progressive. 
So people are now just a one week or two weeks work from home and we're still getting used to that. I am like many of you work from home digitally. So this is new, uh, but we're already seeing a withdrawal from many marketing activities. Obviously the events industry has been slashed, which has been a big part of Silicon Valley and all the tech companies, some retailers, small businesses are not sure what to do. And we've already seen seven to 10 times growth in unemployment, people filing for unemployment. And so we're seeing the layoffs starting to happen. And this is a, a great concern. So, I mean, I could talk a lot about the innovation we're seeing from specific companies, but I'll hold that for your future yeah, question. We're going to come back uh, to that a little bit later on. So you mentioned that there is a, you know, a growing concern when it comes to businesses. And that's actually something that I'd like to touch upon. So uh, what experience have you all, um, again, we're going to start in the same order just to kind of make it easy for everybody. Svetlana, what experience have have you had so far with your clients? Have you had, uh, because I know you're also doing a few things with events. And uh, as we mentioned, that's one of the uh, industries that has been impacted quite significantly. So have you had any clients, for an example, already canceling campaigns or kind of warning you that they won't be able to fulfill their part of you know, your agreement? Yes, definitely. I mean, most of our clients who have planned the events for the next three, four months, they all postponed or canceled all mm-hmm. events. So sometimes they were public events. So obviously there is not much you can do, but the restrictions get just bigger and bigger and tighter. And um, basically we are now at the point that there are no events at all, right. obviously. So and how do you tackle with that? I mean, obviously that's affecting your business. Do you think of another kind of services that you can offer in order to mm. stay afloat? Definitely. I mean, I would say the last two weeks, the clients were more in a panic mode Mm. because they didn't know really how it's going to affect their businesses as well. So they didn't know what kind of steps to tackle first. And really the communication to B2C was like the second problem, I would Mm -hmm. say, at that time. I think these days, I mean, they are like more open to try to find the solutions. We managed to already start some campaigns online, better for internal communication with some clients, because obviously bigger the company, more important internal communication. They don't want to lose the team spirit they built over the last month, right? So basically we are trying to work on like... uh, specific programs for them to create some platforms where they can meet and so on. So trying to find uh, different solutions for internal communication to save the team spirit within the corporate companies. And then the secondly, I mean, obviously there is a communication to B2C because most of the corporate clients, they need to continue the communication they cannot wait for another two, three months and do nothing. So that's something like what we are kind of plan and do at the same time, but it's kind of co- it, it is basically building a virtual studios mm. and doing the virtual events. Um, obviously you have very good engagement through these platforms, so you still can build the networking, but it's just different. So, but because there is no other chance how to communicate, the learning curve is really short right now. Or you want to communicate or you don't communicate. And obviously everybody knows if they don't communicate for longer time, it's going to kill the sales and the business and Mm -hmm. the brand. So I think that's probably one of the things which most businesses are concerned and you do have to be flexible when it comes to times like this. 
Definitely, definitely. So there is still really, I mean, a lot of opportunities. If I can speak to all clients, <laughs> really, <laughs> like it's about just trying to find the new solutions, not to be stuck on the ways how we were used to do things, you know? Okay. It, going to come something good from this and it's going together also with the ecological uh, movement and sustainability as well so maybe if we learn this way you know how to really have the real meetings when they are needed and it's the time to think some things over and just to find a new solution. And uh, that sustainability is actually has been growing, uh, growing uh, trend like we have spoken previously, specifically in advertising and across all uh, industries for quite a few um, uh, years now. But we have noticed uh, that China have managed to cut their CO2 emissions by a third just uh, a few months into the virus. So like Jeremiah said, you know, it's not all uh, doom and gloom. Danilo, you work uh, predominantly, I know, with uh, online-focused businesses in terms of, I know you also work with a couple blockchain-focused clients. Tell me a little bit more. I imagine this hasn't affected your workflow as much because you probably, you know, meet these people online anyway. Am I wrong? Correct. I mean, I'm in a position with... um with Aki, I'm basically a digital hermit. I don't go out unless I really need to. Something that has happened to us a lot here has been only that, okay, canceling events, mental reality clients that we have and a blockchain client that we have that depend a lot on big conferences to mm-hmm. and potentially push their technology to new vendors because they're working on a B2B space and they work with like sizable contracts rather than a lot of small users. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the workflow part has been like the same, strictly the same. But the expectations of outcome has been different. We're working with a medical company right now, a medical technology company, which luckily for us, their project has been, okay, we are already not pushing enough content on social media. We're already not pushing enough digital presence. Our clients tell us that they don't know our products because we don't communicate about them. So let's just do this and do this parallelly to the communication strategy that HQ is, is doing about the COVID-19 issues because they're a medical company and they also have to issue statements about it. Sure. Plus, it's a sector that is definitely growing right now. Everyone, every government is doing purchase, emergency purchases and, and a lot of other things. So for us, like, like Jeremiah is saying, it's, there's a lot of opportunity around that we can see and kind of smell. Um, it's just sometimes hard to believe when you're like in your room and you cannot be with the clients mm. as much as you wish. And that part I felt like, being more in the living room type of thing instead of like in the remote office or meeting with clients yeah. sometimes can make you lose a little bit your sense of north. And it's important to remind your clients that right now is the moment exactly to invest and pace up with this technology, mainly because of the fact that people are at home, people are on their devices, people are ready. I mean, if you're not selling product consumables, Amazon is like growing like crazy right now because a lot of people are doing their groceries, toilet paper online, mm-hmm. and going out is more limited. So, for example, clothing and retail and consumer, you can expect a reduction, mm-hmm. but a lot of things that are like for home, cleaning products, disinfectants, a lot of other perishables, etc. there's movement. And the workflow for you to be successful has to remain the same. Otherwise, you will just take forever to implement this. And then, um, I mean hoping that this will last short and I don't want to say be opportunistic and take these two months right now to do things, but you need to be prepared regardless, right? This can last two months. It can last nine months. It can last a whole year. We don't know. Sure. sure. Uh, and our businesses need to like survive this because I'm, 
every country where we are, we're in all different countries and they're all enacting different social welfare situations as well that you cannot always rely on. So it's important that like, you need to have your eyes open, pay your freelancers, pay them in advance if possible, have them like nourished and comfortable to make sure that like those retainers are there. Because at the end of the day, like we're not exactly businesses in the stock market. We don't rely on those fluctuations that much. We just need to make sure that our clients are taken care of. And in these two weeks, everyone is still reshuffling. People are still shopping. People are still going back home. People are still slowing down. I believe that we're going to see a more clear picture of this panorama in the next two weeks. That's actually a very interesting thing that you mentioned. And uh, one of the things which I'd like to also press upon a little bit later on in this conversation is the impact on that social media has had in uh, distributing uh, information. I believe Jeremiah will probably be able to tell us quite a few points on that, give us quite a few points. But before that, just so we don't skip an order, Aki, would you agree with what Danilo said? So you're still going to work uh, the same work that you do. It's just you're going to have to be maybe uh, give a little bit extra in terms of delivering when working with clients. Yeah, I, as you saw that, I was like, yeah, shaking my head. All the time <laughs> we all are, I think. He was speaking, yeah. <laughs> what I would like to add is, now I feel that clients who were not really into, you know, communicating with you online and were preferring, you know, those personal meetings. Yeah, sometimes it's important to meet those people in person, but now I feel that clients are more willing to be online, to be effective. They don't have that much time for you these days than like two weeks ago and they are ready to be more effective when they are communicating with you, with freelancers, with their, you know, social media managers, etc. So that's what I, I take like something really good about these days. And do you think that maybe companies will start needing more freelancers than in that case? Because it's a little bit less uh, obligatory in terms of, you know, hiring somebody and just working with somebody for a certain period of time. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, 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 you know, my inbox is full after one week of, uh, you know, quarantine <laughs> in Czech Republic. And this really leads me to one idea I wanted to share with you guys today that like time is more valuable than any time before. Also, as Svetlana said, like we have engagement online, we have likes, we have the viewers, but I don't think that's the most important thing right now because since everyone is online, there is like a lot of, you know, ads and online events, etc. Mm -hmm. And I think that more important will be uh, what was our relationship with our clients and with our customers before Mm -hmm. So we can build on something, mm -hmm. you know, people say that these days relationships that were fragile before will break down and relationships that were good will be even better. And that's something we should build on. So not just to focus on, on likes and engagement, but to focus on, you know, being, being effective and being valuable for those people, not just to, sure. you know, uh, and I think these that. times you should probably, sorry to interrupt you, but you should probably always be that. But in times like that, I think it, it also stresses who executes uh, quality content and, and work and, and all that. So I think it's also a good opportunity for freelancers as well to stand out. And, yes. uh, and like you say, you're not uh, short of uh, any work. So I think that's uh, a good thing for you for now. If I may add something, yeah, competition Please. has never been bigger than this. <laughs> so for customers and for clients and for us freelancers. So there will be like million freelancers in a few weeks. So we have to work really hard. So it's an, it's an extra motivation as well for you to, to deliver your best work. Okay, that's very interesting. Kasaba, to join you as well, and I would like to ask you and, uh, and Jeremiah a question with regards to the um, uh, 
um, uh, to the social media because you're both, uh, you know, obviously Jeremiah's got a very massive following. I'm not sure if you guys are following him, but you should definitely should. But uh, you're also doing social media for a very large agency. So tell me a little bit more about what has been the impact on social media in terms of the COVID virus. Because in my eyes, some people could say that, you know, it's very useful and it delivers the information to the people, but it could also trigger panic. Would you agree with that? On my side, yes. As I said, everyone moved to social media and we've seen brands um, who you've seen uh, in stores without no digital communication. Now they are moving to Facebook or Instagram and they launch their site and everybody just like, you know, try to communicate and and make engagement like Aki said. But right now it's important to rethink everything and live day by day. So we work ahead usually for like months or weeks uh, when we are creating the content (coughs) calendars. But right now we have to, you know, be really careful and as a brand, we have to be really calm and not making any panic because people on Facebook, they already panicking, I guess. Mm. And I can imagine uh, that uh, you know the problem with fake news as well could uh, could trigger a rather big uh, response. Jeremiah, what is your opinion on Hi. this? Yeah, uh, first of all, great wisdom from all of the panelists. I'm I'm learning so much. There's a lot of great ideas. I think brands, especially in social media, have um, three roles to play right now. One is to be the information leader to share the right information. There's absolutely fake news happening and fake solutions if you do get sick or things to prevent you from getting that are not medically or scientifically proven at all. And so just to share real information. The second one is to be a human connector. And I want to just talk about the CEO of Marriott did a very heartbreaking, heartwarming video just a few days ago, and it was very well received. And he, and he was talking about how tough it is and the people, they're shutting places. And they said, this is unprecedented. They've never seen this impact to their company, you know, through multiple world wars and, and depressions. Mm-hmm. So to be really uh, that person connecting at a human level. And then the third one is to be a helper. And so in social media, you can help rally goods to the front line. For example, some brands are enabling their materials and medical supplies to hospitals. There are some shoe companies that are now donating their, their shoes to frontline workers, the medical workers. And so I think it's, it's be the information leader, be human like a connector, or be a helper. And those are the roles. And I think that is first and foremost before pitching any of your junk. That okay. This is the wrong time just to pitch uh, products. And people are going to remember, were you playing those roles to be a servant in society or, or, or what are you trying to do? And this also includes taking care of your employees. So I think that needs to come first because that should be part of your brand ethos. Jeremiah, that's fantastic. And, and just a few words, because you, you, you touched upon that. Uh, so a lot of, uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of our viewers as well have received quite a few emails in their inboxes in, in recent days from CEOs and on all sort of stuff. But uh, what would you say, what advice would you give to companies for handling the business at the moment? Obviously, like you mentioned, being honest and caring about the people is one thing, but how do you prepare even for something as, in, in such scale? Because many people will argue that, you know, you can't really predict what's going to happen next year this time. Yeah, and and the other panelists, I agree. We don't know how long this could last. I think this could take months or or longer. Mm. It's certainly quarters. Mm. So would you say that Uh, it's important at this stage for people to kind of make sure that they keep their operations as as tight as possible? 
Right. So just thinking, and you can go up Maslow's pyramid. And I went through an exercise with a startup that I'm in, um, advising in. And we mm-hmm. took Maslow's pyramid and we started at the base level. Mm-hmm. Are your people and your customers getting the core needs too? Are they safe? Okay, great. Do they want peer acceptance? How do we connect them? And then from there, we, we laddered on the products and services that they had in a very strategic way. So it was able to align towards that. So let me give some examples. Many companies, software companies, are giving 90-day free trials for products to, to everybody. And, and that's a wonderful thing. Obviously, it helps their brand spread and they get uh, kudos from the media space. And of course, they're doing lead gen, to, to be very honest. But they are the ones paying for those costs of the hosting services and, and other things as well. It, it's a struggle, but we're also also seeing that smaller businesses and retailers, they have to shift their business model to offering things on uh, pickup or delivery, or they have to offer online classes. So there's a business model shift that has to happen as well. Uh, so I think that's also happening. And I could talk more about that in detail. Yeah, absolutely. I think transformation is now one of the things which I'd like to touch upon. And, uh, and that would uh, pretty much both affect uh, businesses and daily operations. So, oh, Svetlana, good to see you. Uh, so let's start with you. Tell us a little bit more about how do you foresee coming out of this situation? How would you say that your business would maybe focus a little bit more about being more online based? Uh, because from my personal experience, quite a few businesses that have not had the policies of allowing employees to work from home are currently struggling, whereas the ones that already had this policy in place are you know are doing uh, uh, slightly better in my opinion would you say that uh, this is something that you are personally affected uh, from as well as how do you see your company transforming as it goes through this pandemic that's for me i guess yes it is yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay i mean we are offering service so we are able to work from anywhere really if we are on our local market. So we are all working from home right now Mm -hmm. and we are setting it up that we will be able to provide really any services, even if this is going to go for longer. Mm -hmm. So obviously there are different even management apps and so on where we can organize our work and, and, and so on. But in regards of the digital and online, I mean, we see that there will be switch, very quick switch there, but it doesn't mean that the real contact will disappear. Mm-hmm. It's something what is going to be just used probably now and some part, some percentage of these kind of meetings will still online mm-hmm. and I'm more a fan of the real connection as well mm-hmm. and the engagement. So it's not something what you can really just cancel and not make anymore yeah. in the future. So it's just something what will be extra. Hmm. I think both sides of the businesses will have to adapt as well as the client mm-hmm. and the customer side. Uh, Danilo, how would you say that your business will, uh, because you're obviously already, uh, as I mentioned, quite heavily uh, in, in digital, but how do you see your business transform? Maybe do you, are you going to have a, a bit of a fund to kind of leave aside uh, for situations like that maybe? Yeah, right now it's a lot of financial planning involved. Assuming worst case scenario, you have to freeze everything. Luckily, that hasn't been the case. Secondly, expecting what the clients are going to need specifically because we're still in like, we're like in our second wave of like advertising, for example, for this year, right? Mm-hmm. And we're working with leads and we're seeing their needs. And some of them are like, okay, we need to see, we need to sell events and then you maybe need to like help them. Okay, maybe would you like to sell instead like digital tickets, digital content, digital media, and give them a different type of like assessment to enact their projects a little bit more digitally without requiring physical presence of their own consumers and also allowing them to work. Sure. But at the end of the day, my, other than that, our systems have, because they're like extremely digital, considering like we started from a really lean perspective as a really small agency. Yeah. 
it's more like a stress test than actually a shift for us. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's very interesting. And uh, uh, Aki, would you uh, would you say that moving forward, you're going to be uh, maybe a little bit more selective with your clients or because like you said, you probably now you have quite a few offers, but you can't take everything on board. Maybe you're going to have to to hire people. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe that's an option to build like, uh, you know, virtual agency for me. Yeah. I'm shifting. Well, for example, my photo work, uh, I'm not, I'm, you know, I used to take photos in Airbnb flats or outside, etc., etc. And uh, now for a few last days, I've been building like my personal photo studio in my flat. <laughs> so, <laughs> Adapting. Uh, I think that maybe now clients won't be so selective about, you know, what is the gray color of the background. They will be happy for something authentic, for something that will will work and will, you know, create emotions mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. their customers. So now I think maybe the clients won't be so selective and then I will be even more. <laughs> okay, okay. that's It's a switch in roles. Yes. Okay, that's that, that's fantastic. And uh, Jeremiah, I'd like to uh, yes. to, to jump back. Kasaba, we're going to get back to you in, in one second. It's just something that, that has been sitting at the back of my mind for quite some time. Very recently, you had written a post about how the virus is going to affect the tech industry. And I think it's going to be quite, speaking about shifts and all that, I think it will be quite interesting if you can let us know how do you foresee personally the virus actually changing the digital marketing industry because it's already a very dynamic industry, if you agree with me. Yes. Okay, so just tech and marketing is, is the focus then. We will see a rise of more automation mm-hmm. and we will, because costs are going to be reduced, people are going to be letting people go or reducing their budgets with agencies. That's already happening. Sure. So the brands will figure out how, what can they automate. And so we will see more chatbots and more AI sourcing data and plucking through data. We will see them connecting to the cloud-based services, the service providers and trying to reference them. So if you have those skill sets, that would certainly be the way to shift towards that. We've seen some decrease in advertising from consumer brands already because their ad dollars are going because there's reduced uh, product out of China, but that'll, that'll recover over time. Okay. Okay. Um, so devices where people are focusing on biometrics now and are they healthy? So mm-hmm. we're going to see a new class of biometric data where people can check their temperature or their heart rate <clears throat> or their breath rate. And so we will see that new type of data emerge where, where marketers can use that. And the question around ethics and privacy are, are certainly going to happen around that. So those are just some examples, but um, it, a lot of changes is going to be happening. Sure, absolutely. I think it's inevitable as well. Kasaba, we are actually getting a rather kind of uh, interesting uh, questions as well from our Facebook, which I'd like to kind of address to you. So I will address these to everybody shortly, but just one specifically to you. How does a brand manage their social media in the best possible way right now? Like what are, you, what are the tips that you can give brands? Well, be creative. Like it's really important to entertain our followers these days and not pushing, as we already said, the product and the product benefits like this is good. And also it's really important if you can just give away. So give away free trials, give away products or or create something which can help other people. And right now, I guess the most important thing is just like, Stay calm, be calm as a brand, as I already told, because it's really important to, you know, speak to your followers and not sell products to your followers right now. 
Okay, that's fantastic. And I think uh, we have another question from Katerina Helova, who is asking, are marketing agencies and digital marketers in January going to be at risk of losing clients? I think we kind of touched upon this, but maybe, I don't know, Danilo, would you like to jump in to see, to say, what are your concerns with that one? Absolutely. Right now, like Jeremiah was saying, there's going to be shifts in every type of different industry, particularly consumer, B2B, uh, you name it, depending on the sector you're working. Uh, the challenge is mostly whether what's your role in the agency, what are you helping in the agency to do? If you're working in social media, you're working producing digital content, etc. cetera. Uh, like Sava said, like, yeah, it's important to keep them entertained, keep them delighted, safe, and, uh, feeling not that anxious, informed, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. So that provides a lot of space for opportunity. But if you're having to do a lot of like on-location content type of situation where you have to go on lives, you have to do photo shoots mm-hmm. on location for products, you need to do... Uh, meetings, you need to host events. Here, like the, the issue, I guess, with the question will come, like what type of work specifically is the agency doing? And each one of those items will suffer different consequences. If you're doing digitization consulting, if you're doing social media, if you're doing output of any kind that goes on digital, there's a lot of opportunity there. But if you're doing like events-related topics, if you're doing presential type of interactions or things that are required for serv- everything that is a service that required to humans, like at the ground level, like barbers mm-hmm. or restaurants or like where Berlin is a city of DJs, parties, etc. All those things, if you're working in that sector as an agency, you will definitely be affected by that. Okay, very interesting. And Jeremiah, sorry to, again, skip the order, but I, I guess you're just getting a bit uh, free for all at the moment. Just one question, which is quite interesting. A lot of restaurants, at least where I am based at the moment, have started <clears throat> to shift because obviously they can't serve customers in-house at the moment, but they have started to build or even start paying for other platforms that have been you know, developed mm-hmm. so that they can use and, and deliver work. So my point is, are we going to see some sort of businesses where if you, you, you still have the opportunity to adapt and maybe go digital in some way so you can still start delivering a, a by, by an on, online application but if you refuse to do that you're going to go out of business do you see that going you know for pretty much every industry out there in the next let's say by the end of the year it, yes everything that's physical is going digital uh, virtual everything that's going physical is going virtual from dating to restaurants to in-store experiences yes all of that is, is happening and, and that's the big shift we, ha- we have to make and, and so now these companies, rather than focusing on foot traffic and retail traffic, need to focus on the shut-in economy, which is kind of the mainstay of San Francisco hipsters. So this is not foreign to us, where everything is delivered to us in, in a strange way, impersonal way, and then you connect socially online. So it's already a normal thing. So many restaurants are shifting to on-demand delivery. If I was advising restaurants, I would focus on a subscription model where you have things sent on a regular basis. One of the concerns is the food supply chain. So if you can guarantee a pizza every Friday night, of course, you can change the toppings as you need. That would be a very smart way to do that. So I just want to share, there's three business models that we're seeing this transformation happening. And this is being led with the marketer and the CEO. And Aki, she's already doing it. She's innovating so fast. So the first model is the one-to-one model. And this is consulting. And agencies, you're doing this, right? It's time for money. The second one is the one-to-many. So maybe you write content and you sell it to many people like online forums or you have online content. And then the third one is many-to-many. So community-based models or marketplace models where you're getting the crowd to activate around your company. And sure. so those, 
every company must shift their business model now unless you're already strong in e-commerce and then to adjust to one of those three models. So that's the change that has to happen. Okay, that's very interesting. I think it will be quite useful to uh, quite a few business owners that are listening at the moment. One question, which is B2B, again, focused uh, coming from our Facebook page from, again, you're going to have to excuse me about the pronunciation, but it's Hannah Banachka, which is saying, what about the B2B segment, to be specific, the real estate development? We're not in a position to offer something free like B2C brand selling products. What can we do? That's a very interesting question. Go on, Daniel, please. Um, I have a client right now working in augmented reality, and one of the discussions that we were doing is exactly about how to enrich uh, real estate experiences. Of course, things like touring properties, that's unfortunately has to stop, things like that. But there's going to be an increase in like online listings, for example. That's something that I can expect. If you're already working on content, if you have a piece of property that you could like promote around, this is a good time to innovate and test new ways to reach your clients directly. Or maybe go a little bit of old school, open your Rolodex, call people. The, the inbound element is shifted. It's not the same as before. It's not this process that you can just go and buy people in an open house because you cannot host events anymore. At least particularly in Germany today, or to this date, is a, you cannot meet more than one person at a time. So what the shifts here will be is about how do you bring that online? You can do that with augmented reality. You can do it with a different funnel implementation, whether there's chatbots, whatever. I don't particularly go a lot on, on mass media like chatbots. I like few to few type of strategies. So like the clients can feel like their resources are rationally spent in the sense of like, it's really expensive to reach mass media and gain enough critical mass there. So for a sector like that, I would suggest to like double down on niche, find those niche, do a more direct sell approach. Yeah, grab your phone and, and, and start calling people or like use LinkedIn sales navigator or something like that, right? Like, or try to sell in bulk if you can through an B2B perspective. That's normally what I would suggest in the space where I work. That's a very interesting question. Another one, very interesting. Again, we have a, a rather international audience, which we like to say hello to. So we have a question from Denmark, from Alessia Curcio. He's saying, what is the best strategy that you would recommend for a jewelry company that has always worked up, to, up until this point uh, by physical stores? Jeremiah, please. Yes. Um, by this Christmas, virtual goods will be and virtual gifts will be very strong. Okay. Uh, people okay. will be shut in and they're going to be giving each other smart emoticons or special filters or digital jewelry that the people could overlay. I mean, Zoom themselves could launch an e-commerce platform with virtual goods and special backgrounds. They're well primed for that. Uh, Facebook already has these technologies. So I would encourage you to take a look at that. And what a great way to do lead gen, right? You can offer some free virtual goods for free and people can share that. And then there could be premium ones that you could share, or maybe they only last for a certain amount of time. You could time gate them. There's so many business models that can permeate. Of course, your best jewelry could also become virtual jewelry, and then you could try to sell that actual product for people to have for real. So it's kind of a layer up. I only see opportunity for you. Okay, that is, uh, I'm sure uh, people will be very happy to, <laughs> to hear that answer specifically from you as well. Uh, we have a, a couple more questions, guys, uh, just to, um, um, uh, to kind of wrap up and we'll try to get everybody engaged as well. I'm not uh, putting everybody in favorites here. So uh, what, do we, what, are our, what are our thoughts on international education during this time? I think this is something that Aki touched upon a little bit earlier today. So there are deadlines for applying to universities. Do we see maybe universities starting to launch more and more online-based courses? Who would like to jump, jump in? <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on, Danilo. 
I have two clients working on this right now. One is already active um, since a couple of years ago, selling digital uh, business education for about blockchain items. The other one, um, it's basically, it's a lead. We're working on it. We'll see how that might work. Um, that was originally planned to be more presential. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen right now is that agencies will have faced the choice of consulting companies into how to build better digital stacks. Where they're like, okay, you can go on a marketplace like Udemy, or you can build your own internal system, like which I've seen as well from other potential leads that we have past this year, mm-hmm. where like they have some WordPress stack with like some sort of like Zoom integration here and there, et cetera, et cetera. Online gated communities type of wall gardens effect. Yeah. So in this case, like this is a shift that since a while ago, big, big universities have been trying to cover in a way, but unfortunately their institutions are a little bit too bloated in the sense of like, okay, they depend on the network effect of people showing up yeah. to campus and being there to really generate ideas yeah. and the research. So if you're talking from a training perspective, teaching hands-on material, teaching things that are easy to deliver and, and you can passively, relatively consume, there's definitely a, a lot of opportunity in that space. Um, and there's definitely a lot of opportunity like it's already happening not only in that industry like it's happened also for example in the most pioneer of the sectors of the digital economy which is adult content there, sure. it's already happening there a lot of institutions and individuals are already like shifting terabytes per day of, of content into those platforms and they're not just delivered by a person so institutions here will have to face a challenge in terms of or, or at least face the opportunity in terms of how do we really want to approach this? How do we serve these communities? Is it niche? Is it specific topics? Is it specific, very specific content? Or is it broader terms? Like some universities already have a lot of their catalog online. To make money out of it, you need to think your approach in terms of how does this help the user in their life to solve a problem of their own, right? There's a lot of small entrepreneurs in the sector that this entity should at least benefit from. Sure. And I believe that also depends on how long this whole situation will last because nobody can really tell you at the moment. Right. So guys, as we are approaching, uh, there are there's so many interesting questions, but obviously we're going to have to stay here for at least four or more hours in order to go through all of them. So uh, thanks for my colleagues for kind of seeding them out and sending them over to me. Uh, we have quite a few interesting ones. Jeremiah, one to you specifically, actually. Uh, okay. What uh, would you do when a traditional business is closing down? And do you have any tips for a kind of designer for furniture industry so it's rather niche but mm. how do you go on about kind of transforming your business from something that's traditionally very physical you'd like to go and see it and touch it and see whether you like the colors or not to kind of move completely to online do you think that this is going to be the case moving forward or what do you think that's challenging so I, i'm assuming it's very high-end furniture that sells itself when you see it and you sit on it and so that's going to be a challenge so i would activate a, a, other customers who have that couch and encourage them if not sponsor them to do videos about that couch or their tables that they have and hear from other peers um, right now home improvement is going to be a boom market everybody's spending too much time at home. And so we're going to improve our houses. And so this is an opportunity, I think, for that to happen. So I would focus on getting peer-to-peer content. And the other thing is to focus on a new business model. As people become financially unstable, they may want to lease or rent furniture. And so that might be an opportunity to explore. Of course, sanitation comes in, uh, becomes a concern. So I think there's definitely more transformation that will have to happen. That's a very, very tough one to do. And uh, a final question to you in specific, uh, Jeremiah, uh, can you tell us what do you foresee will be the three kind of biggest challenges after businesses emerge or industries emerge from this current pandemic and this global situation? 
well. So I think we're headed towards negative economic periods even after we get a handle on the pandemic. So it's like a, a sequence of things that are going to be happening. But then we'll see who are the new leaders. I, I, I don't know yet. It's too far out. I'm not sure. I'm tracking these things. I built wikis and I'm, and I'm looking at innovation, who's innovating. I'm trying to put together resources. I just don't know. Maybe I can come back and talk about it. So I just say, be innovative, change, be ready to change your business model. That is, those are the ones that are going to survive. Okay, that's fantastic. Thank you very much. So uh, guys, as we are approaching towards the end of this conversation, again, I'd like to thank every one of you for taking the time. I know you're very busy and, and most of you should be sleeping by now, well, some of you. But uh, I'd like to begin from the original order with you, Svetlana, to if you can give us a few more words about, you know, what would you like to uh, tell our listeners as well as what are you going to be your future steps into tackling this problem? Uh, thank you again for inviting me and the just few words I would like to say, just be brave, do not panic, uh, be flexible, have, have curiosity to find the new ways and everything is going to be just fine. Fantastic. I'd like to hear that. Danilo, would you like to join in? Yes. Um, in addition to the, those beautiful words, I would also say that it's a beautiful moment right now to um, building also on what Jeremiah was talking about furniture. A lot of companies will have to ask themselves very, very, very honestly, and this is something that an agency cannot always do, um, how necessary is actually your product in people's daily life? Are you producing a luxury good? Are you producing a basic necessity? Are you producing something essential? Uh, I worked from home for many years, so like I built myself a really nice apartment so I can really comfortably be here all the time and feel like I'm stressed about a lot of things like that. But at the end of the day, you need to assess that like restaurants are doing it, cocktail bars are doing it, everyone is shifting massively how they approach what they actually provide to people. And it's not that things are not necessary or anything like that. We all need, we have a very big Maslow pyramid here as well. But the way we satisfy those needs here is shifting massively because we're, we're not allowed to just go out and get them. A lot of us maybe that are made just in urban environments are used to like walk down and get a cocktail or something like that. But a lot of people are like finding new ways to be shut in. This changes brings opportunity. The people that are already shut in are experts in this. Look at what they do and how they work on these situations and maybe figure a way to like give them more comfort in their lives with logistics, supply chain situations, um, better deliveries, better experience, better items online, collectibles. Like, there's a company called Luxo that like, is providing basically a blockchain system right now where you can have like, your digital closet. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of like, hyper-reality opportunity if you want to be anthropological and, and sci-fi about <laughs> it. At this moment, like, it's crucial for us to like, have our eyes and hearts open because... It's not only just about money and whether I'm going to just like survive next month. It's about making sure that like you can wear this not for the next week, but for the next years because we don't know. how. Okay. That, uh, I like that a lot. Uh, Aki, tell us what, uh, how are you going to tackle all these emails in your inbox and in a few final words? Well, I will just have a glass of wine and I will manage to do that. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I want to say something that was not mentioned in here today. And I think it's a shame. It's a pity. We should, think about influencers. We have not mentioned them at all. And when we are speaking about jewelry, when we are speaking about furniture, when we are speaking about perfumes, That's we cannot point. attract people to come to our shop, but we can send those products to influencers 
that are honest and that have trust of our potential customers. So I think this is a really big field these days. Uh, we should have a look who is quality influencer, who did not buy followers. I don't mean only on Instagram, which I love, obviously, but also, <laughs> I mean, YouTube and all those forums that are for those tech guys. I don't even know the names. And the future steps for me now, what I would uh, advise to all the clients, do your research. Don't be innovative just to be innovative. But if you step on something good and new, do your research, read those articles and don't be harsh. You know, act fast, but not, not be too fast to ever ruin everything for you. Okay, that's great words. And actually, the influencers <laughs> part, I take a note myself. I'll make sure that we uh, we produce something special for that because I think it's a very big uh, segment of digital marketing as well. Ksaba, thank you very much again for, for, for taking the time. Tell me a little bit more about how you're going to be tackling. Do you enjoy working from home? Because I know you uh, usually work from the office, if that's right. Yeah, it's it's really hard to stay at home, but at least I have my cat and and the wine. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> uh, but but a few short words. Thank you so much for inviting me, and uh, and also I just want to leave something here to think about, and it's that changing and trying new things is not that scary, and we've seen business model changes and and shifting, and just. I hope this mindset will be there for the future too. And everybody stay safe and wash hands. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I think that's one thing also that we mentioned to forget, uh, to, to say. Jeremiah, uh, yes. last but definitely not least, again, personally, thank you very much for your time. What would you recommend our listeners to do? Yes, first of all, I wanted to say I'm proud of you. I'm proud of everybody who's watching and you should be proud of yourself. We've just gone through the biggest change in our generation. I mean, there, there's nothing that we've never seen this. Maybe the older generation has gone through World War II, but this is the biggest thing that we've ever gone through. So be proud of yourself. I'm proud of you. We're proud of you. This is a big change. You are already going through the change. You're showing that you can transform and you're showing that you're an innovator. And that's what's going to be required to survive and to grow not just yourself, but your business. So be proud. Fantastic words to uh, to wrap up. Everybody that has been watching this event live, thank you very much again for, for taking the time. We realized that we have quite a few questions that we didn't manage to get through, but as long as you have included these, we will be producing some content as well to address these issues as well. Stay tuned for the upcoming ZoomSphere Talks uh, episode and leave us a feedback, you know, let us know how we did, what did you like and what you didn't. And again, from myself as well, stay safe, stay positive, and we'll keep in touch very soon. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this interview, make sure you subscribe to the ZoomSphere podcast on your preferred podcast platform to stay up to date with our latest episodes.